0: If you missed last week's journey into optimization, planning and technology, make sure to check it out at letstalksupplychain.com forward slash season two dash episode 61, where I speak to Melissa from Spend Management Experts. Welcome to Let's Talk Supply Chain. My name is Sarah Barnes Humphrey, and each week I bring you the top supply chain professionals in the industry. You will learn about best practices, new innovation, and most up-to-date information about supply chain. I believe that collaboration is the future of business, and I have designed this show to ensure you have all the information you need to succeed in business and in your supply chain. First, a word from our sponsor, Border Buddy. More and more companies are looking to expand their reach into global markets, but most don't know where to start or don't have the time to figure it out. Orderbuddy sees the struggle and has created a way for you to integrate customs into your e-commerce shopping cart like Shopify, Magento, eBay, and others, allowing you ease and peace of mind when selling to customers in North America. Your customers will know exactly how much the costs are to import their order from your door to theirs in real time. We're the first API-based custom solution. Just imagine what that will do for your business and your sales. Visit us and sign up for 10% off your first clearance at borderbuddy.com forward slash Let's Talk Supply Chain. Hello, and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. It's finally baseball season, and I got out on the field for the first time this season last Wednesday, plus this week I am at JDA Icon conference in Dallas interviewing their all-star customers and I'll be part of their Woman in Supply Chain panel. And since it's the beginning of the month, it's time for part 18 of my Woman in Supply Chain series, which is sponsored by Hulft. And I have some great news. Hulft has decided to partner with me and sponsor the rest of the podcast series and the blog series for the rest of 2019. And the reason why they support women in supply chain episodes is because the supply chain industry is growing dynamically and yet women still only fill 15% of top level supply chain positions. Hulft believes that gender equality and diversity is crucial of an inclusive workforce and they're committed to making a difference where they can. a little bit about HALF. Hulft provides a single global platform that allows IT to find, secure, transform, and move information at scale. HALF's seasoned data logistics consultants uncover hidden pain points, automate tedious manual operations, and streamline data flow worldwide. For 25 years, Hulft has helped more than 10,000 customers automate, orchestrate, and accelerate their global data logistics, making it easier on IT and putting data to work for the enterprise. Learn more at Hulft, dot com. Before we get to today's episode, let's talk about the question of the week. So this question comes from Je- Jess in Malaysia, and she says, how can we create more value in our supply chains? Well, over on the Let's Talk Supply Chain LinkedIn page, Yasha weighed in by saying, by optimizing the things. Ashraf started a great conversation with myself and Melissa. He says, I think companies should look to apply new technologies to their supply chain. Blockchain technology, for example, would be a great added value to global supply chain. Melissa Watson then asked him, I'm curious if you have any examples of blockchain adding value. If you want to see more of this conversation and learn more from the answers, go to my LinkedIn page at Let's talk supply chain. Uh, sorry, my Let's Talk Supply Chain LinkedIn page, or you can go to com under Listener's Corner. So Keelan Spence also weighed in, building strong relationships with your supply chain partners, both upstream and downstream, understand and communicate your organization's strengths and challenges. Kasha Rowe, she weighed in on my personal LinkedIn page. An interesting point of view came out of TPM 2019 when Bjorn Vang... Jensen talked about how we can become better leaders within our organization. Ziad Hash ramp, more value, understanding the voice of customer, both internally and externally. Robert Garrison of Mercado Labs: The best way to create more value in the supply chain is to ensure the goals of the supply chain lineup with the goals of the business. Over on the Let's Talk Supply Chain Twitter, Maybest Procurement says that was a huge goal of the company I worked for. Our supply chain division was tasked with things like asset management, fleet optimization, process improvements and inventory management improvements. Remember to get in on the conversations at LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram every single Wednesday. Whether you want to position yourself as a thought leader or you want to expand your network, Listener's Corner on a Wednesday is the place to be. So today, known as the Triple Threat, Michelle DeVivo is joining us to talk about recruitment, culture, and employer branding. All three of these components are crucial for business success today, as well as to our supply chain success and having the best team to lead the company into the future. Here is a little bit more about Michelle. Michelle DeVivo is vice president of talent acquisition for one of the most successful third-party logistics providers, Suntech's and NYC, with offices located all over the US. A triple threat, Michelle DeVivo knows recruitment culture and employer branding with over 20 years of experience in recruiting. Michelle has honed her communication skills to be the sought after voice between her employer and candidates. Her transparent and engaging style makes her a leading recruiter for third party logistics firms when it comes to growing their business and keeping the employees engaged. So welcome to the show, Michelle. Thank you
1: so much, Sarah. I appreciate the opportunity to be a part of something like this.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the show and showcase you in my Woman in Supply Chain series because you're on the recruitment side and I think there's a lot to talk about within that topic, but also to get to know, to get to know your journey in supply chain and in recruitment and things like that. So, why don't we start with your journey to success? Where did you start? What has your journey looked like and what do you do now? Okay,
1: so I uh, basically started out recruiting about 20 years ago. I got my first role as a corporate recruiter with a company in the insurance industry in like 1998, Um, but I just absolutely fell in love with recruiting as it provided me much more than just a paycheck. I truly feel like one of the lucky people. I get to come into work every day and essentially help people Um, And also get paid for it. So there's uh, not a better win-win for me. Um, But flash forward a few years to me working in a staffing agency in Jacksonville, Florida, where I am from. And uh, I worked for an agency for about seven years. And one day we got a client in that was a third-party logistics provider in the Jacksonville market. And the other recruiters just seemed to be struggling to make these placements for them And of course, somehow it ended up on my desk and they wanted me to take a shot at it. So I basically just picked up the phone and got to know the 3PL world, the industry, um, had them tell me kind of what they were looking for and started to make a lot of placements with them. So much so that they basically decided it would be cheaper to hire me permanently uh, than to keep paying me out my fees. And so I started out as a national recruiter in 2014 with my first 3PL. After working there for about a year, I quickly realized that this was the industry for me. Uh, it was like for me, finding your soulmate. I just knew that I knew that I knew that this was what I had been searching for my whole career life. Um, being born and raised, though, from Jacksonville, Florida, I just decided after working there for about a year that, you know, I was ready to sort of try my luck in a bigger city. Um, I had a couple opportunities come my way out of New Jersey and New York, but really none of it really felt right. And while I was doing the soul searching for my next move, I decided to visit my friend in Boston over the Christmas and New Year's holiday And I came up to Boston for about 10 days in total and knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that while I didn't have anything lined up here, this was definitely the place for me. So I just went home. I told my parents I was moving to Boston. I turned in my two week notice and packed up my little car and rolled the dice. And that is uh, very nerve wracking as uh, for someone who, you know, prides themselves on always being a worker. Um, To not have anything sort of set uh, before the move was, you know, uh, quite a risk, but it was something that I just couldn't explain to my, even my parents. I just knew in my gut that it was the right move to make. And so I moved up here and um, basically living on my friend's couch in Dorchester. About two weeks into the city, I had landed my first role And as much as I love the 3PL industry, I wasn't 100% sure if I was going to be able to find another 3PL to work for. But sure enough, I was very uh, quickly picked up and started with a 3PL located in Quincy as their director of people and culture. And I was so excited to embark on this next adventure, only to find that basically within 60 days of employment there, they were selling the company to another larger 3PL. And this new company um, knew me from recruiting from my first logistics firm in Jacksonville that I had started out at. We actually had several offices that I was staffing for. And one of them was in Tampa, Florida, which is where this new company was headquartered at. And so we already actually had a slight war on talent going on between us. Um, so they knew exactly who I was when uh, they realized um, I was now working with them. But, you know, even with the uh, awkwardness a little bit at first, we definitely worked through um, all of that and adjusted to each other. And we all just moved forward. And it was a great experience for me personally. They wanted me to hire 100 people within my first year. And I'm glad to say that I was able to do that for them. Uh, We also won multiple awards while there. And I certainly learned a lot from that experience. Um, I had previous experience hiring a massive amount of people, but never for 3PL before. So that was quite interesting. Um, But one day I actually scheduled a phone interview with what I thought was a candidate uh, only to realize that the phone conversation was a total setup. So I spoke with a gentleman named Ryan Heisey from SunTech TTS and I ran down my entire 30 minute spiel to him on the phone um, only for him to basically turn around and tell me that he only took the call in order to recruit me to come work for him. So and I couldn't believe it. That was the first time in all of my years of recruiting that someone has done that to me. So it was, you know, quite impressive that he was able to get one over on me. But um, essentially, I am now their vice president of talent acquisition at SunTAC TTS NYC, where I am responsible for hiring uh, for all three of their locations. And that would be Boston, Jacksonville, Florida, and also Rochelle Park, New Jersey.
0: Wow, that is quite yeah. amazing, and I love the story. You know, not always do we get to hear the story and sort of you know the one jump to the next and how that happened. And you know, I also love that you said that you fell in love with supply chain. Most people fall into it; they don't necessarily fall in love, but like you said, it it was just your soulmate. You knew that it yes. was to be, and i I really enjoyed the part. It's also that you said that you followed your gut. And I think that it's super, super important for people to hear that because sometimes we ignore that. And it just could lead to, you know, things that you couldn't even imagine. So thank you so much for sharing that journey. And we're going to get into so much more as we move forward. Now, I want to talk to you about talent shortage in supply chain. You talk about recruiting, you know, a 100 people for a dollar yeah. or whoever that is. And, you know, it's kind of It's kind of, you know, something that is not normal these days because everybody's talking about sort of that talent shortage. It's a huge topic. So what are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I mean, so I do hear that topic come up a lot in our industry. And, um, you know, I'll be honest with you. For me, I think if you have the right people sort of leading the charge, it's not as difficult as people are making it out to be, you know, um, for us. We really don't have that issue. I mean, I've been with SunTech TTS about a year. And um, once again, I hired about 85 people, not including any interns um, that we've been able to obtain as well. And so I think for us, or at least in my personal opinion, if you have the right leadership steering the boat, um, that makes a lot of difference, uh, more than what I think most people really think about. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, we're all pulling talent out of the same pool. And I also believe that if you have the right recruiter evaluating the talent pool, um, kind of combined with the right leadership in place, um, I don't I really don't think it's that much of an issue. I know that kind of sounds bold, you know, because we hear about uh, people talking about this all the time. Um, but I think a big impact is sort of, you know, what is the plan? in place for your employees on the other side to that offer. So when they're walking in the door, do you have training set up? Do you have the right leadership sort of leading the charge? I mean, at least for us, that's been a huge factor in our success.
0: Yeah. And that brings me to my next question, because you are very much about uh, recruitment, culture and employer branding, um, saying that those are sort of the keys to success Can you tell us a little bit, uh, can you tell us why? Why are they crucial to the success of finding that supply chain talent? Well, you
1: know, I it's funny because 50% of candidates actually say that they wouldn't work for a company with a bad reputation, even for a pay increase. And I really don't think that people understand sometimes that recruiting culture and employer branding are really all all of one, um, at least to me anyway, you know, to me, culture in the workplace is more about uh, waffles and beer, you know, those are great things to have. Um, but it really is about values and integrity. I think it's about doing what you say you're going to do. Um, and really making sure that you're hiring the type of people that are going to carry out sort of the, the values that you will represent as a company. Um, it's just, you know, important that a business has their identity and then that you continue to hire some, you know, the people that will represent that identity well.
0: Yeah, I would definitely agree. I think that that's super important to success of not only finding the right talent, but also just success in business, right? Because one bad apple is going to poison the rest. Yeah. You want to make sure, you know, that you're hiring the people that not only are going to be able to do the job, but also care about the same values.
1: They care
0: about what you care about. And those are the ones that are going to be able to lift themselves up, lift everybody else up and keep the momentum moving forward. So now there's a lot of innovation. There's a lot of technology. There's a lot of change. I mean, just change in general happening in supply chain. And a couple of the conversations that I've had with people is that supply chain professionals are not only going to have need to have the traditional skills um, from the past, but they're also going to have to have additional skills to be able to, um, you know, navigate this change and navigate the innovation and the technology. What do you think are the additional skills that supply chain professionals should be looking to add to their resume?
1: Well, I think it's the dreaded S word. It's sales. It's amazing. Uh, there are a lot of people that kind of shy away from acquiring that skill set. But truly, you know, sales in this industry goes so far. And I know that a lot of people have a tendency to look at sales as like, oh, the only advantage is the commission piece. But I actually disagree. I think even if sales is not in your maybe five or ten year plan. I think getting a good position that allows you to exercise that skill set and to really develop it um, will really take you very far in the in the supply chain 3PL world. Um, I feel like the reason why is because you get an opportunity to think quickly on your feet. You realize the importance of customer service and follow through. You sharpen your listening skills. You learn how to price freight You learn how to work independently while being typically assigned to a team. So again, there's so many things that people can obtain from doing a sales role. Um, Again, I know it's kind of like a dreaded S word at times, but I really do believe that this skill set will teach you so much about yourself, even if it's not in your long-term plan.
0: Well, and I also think that we're talking about, you know, collaborative departments, right? And supply chain needs to get to know and understand the different departments in the business, because they're such a driver. And I think when you talk about sales, you know, getting to understand that role, what they go through, what they're needing, that kind of thing, just from that perspective, I think it's important. But I wanted to ask you, so, you know, again, I come back to the technology piece, do you think that supply chain professionals are going to have need to have some sort of you know, uh, addition to their resume in the tech side? You know, it just depends on what path.
1: I definitely agree. I do think that there are many um, supply chain companies and, you know, again, just even the 3PL world, people are developing their own software. Um, they're allowing their clients to be able to go through software that they specifically created. So obviously, technology is never going to be a bad thing. Um, but that should be really across the board, no matter what industry you're in, because I think technology is um, going to be a part of all of our roles, you know, moving forward more and more in the
0: future. Absolutely. So before we get back into talking a little bit more about your journey, one more question I have for you is, you know, how are companies looking for and finding talent? I, I threw this question out there the other day. Um, and I'm so thankful to you because you were one of, one of them, one of the people on LinkedIn that answered this question. Um, but I think it's truly important that we share You know, some of our struggles, some of our challenges, and some of our solutions as well. So, what are some of those solutions? Like, how are people finding talent? And I'm sure that there's different ways than there was, you know, even five years ago.
1: Absolutely. So, you know, even five, 10 years ago, the hot job boards was Monster and CareerBuilder, but frankly, LinkedIn has pretty much put the, all of those other job boards almost out of business. I mean, LinkedIn is where it's at. If you don't take LinkedIn seriously, good luck in your career. I mean, you should take your LinkedIn profile as if it's a resume. Um, but that is where 90%, I guarantee you, of all recruiters, no matter what the industry is, is going to in terms of finding, looking and finding talent. I know I'm on there religiously. Um, We pay for, of course, you know, in-mails to be sent, upgraded. We're getting professional headshots coming in. Um, It's a big deal. And people really need to upgrade and take care of their LinkedIn profiles because that is mainly where I think most people are going. I also think that they're targeting, you know, some college career fairs. I personally don't do college career fairs any longer. Um, but I definitely think that the career fairs at the colleges and the LinkedIn are the two hot spots for our industry.
0: I would absolutely agree about LinkedIn. I just had a conversation with uh, a new supply chain professional in the industry. Um, they went to school for it and just got a job in the industry. And I was talking about LinkedIn. You know, not only is it your resume, but it is one of the best places that you can share your opinions and have conver- conversations about the industry and about the topics that you're passionate about. And you can really start positioning yourself as a thought leader, um, you know, by doing that you know, not only liking the posts, but engaging with them. Yes. And that, you know, that's one of the reasons why I have Listener's Corner and I do post a question of the week is because I incite those conversations. Yes. I, you know, I give them a space to, ha- you know, have a supply chain question, have a thought around that supply chain question, you know, comment about their thought and really engage with other people who are, who might be having similar thoughts Different thoughts taking you down a path that you didn't even think about.
1: Absolutely. I mean, allowing even ex- other experts to weigh in on your questions when you post things. Um, and, you know, taking someone that, like you just mentioned who's new in the industry, I mean, that person will be able to see you know, someone who may have years of experience and knowledge underneath their belt to shed light on a very common problem. And I just think that uh, you're absolutely right. I think it's a great place to network. It's a great place to self-promote, um, you know, and not necessarily a negative thing, but just to, you know, make sure that you are engaging in, in brands and companies and industries that you're really interested in. Um, I love it. I love it. And I actually was telling people about it. I kid you not. 15 years ago, I was like, everybody needs to go on there. They they need to sign up. Um, it's going to be the wave of the future. And sure enough, it definitely is. And I'm so happy I jumped on the train uh, when it first rolled out, I believe back in 2012.
0: Yeah. And it's not only that, it's also about inspiring each other, right? Because you can have somebody that's been in the industry for 40 years. And you can have somebody that just got into the industry and sharing different points of view from different aspects of the supply chain, and really learning from each other, which makes the whole platform, the yes. whole engagement so very exciting. But one thing that I would say to people that are, are, are going on LinkedIn and engaging, don't be, inf- don't be afraid to comment. Comment, you know, say your opinion. If it is different from somebody else, say it nicely. It doesn't need to be malicious. Um, but everybody's opinion matters and remember that you are inspiring somebody by writing that comment. So that's, that's before we get into some of your challenges, I just wanted to throw that one out there. So let's get back to your journey. Um, when I threw out the question about, what everybody wanted to learn more from my Women in Supply Chain series, a big one that came out of it was talking about challenges in the career and how you overcome them. So I want to know from you, what challenges have you faced in your career and how did you overcome them? And if possible, could you give us an example?
1: Sure. So I think, uh, you know, being a female in a predominantly alpha male industry, um, I've certainly come across many challenges in the past Um, and in a previous podcast with you, with Christy, Mitchell, uh, you said yourself that only 15% of executives are women. Um, it can be very, it can be, you know, be easy to feel outnumbered at times. Um, and I won't get into naming any specifics, but you know, it was not easy to get where I am today. And I've had to deal with many uncomfortable situations. Um, one example that I can say, uh, it was part of my compensation package with a previous company, and it was to receive quarterly bonuses. In this company, I was the only female that they had in upper management. For six months, I asked every day where my quarterly bonus was and when I could expect to receive it, how much it would be as it was based on a sliding scale. And for six months, I received no answer. Not one reply back to an email with an estimate of the amount, a time frame, or even just a no. I asked multiple times in different ways over the course of six months. And I asked for face to face meetings, always blown off. You would think that this boss of mine uh, worked across the country, but he literally was in the same office as me, like 50 feet away from my office. Um, and I just can't help but to stop and think that if I were a man, uh, he would have told him something, you know, even a no or a not right now. I mean, people typically look at men as being the provider in a family. However, I am the provider in my family. My significant other stays at home and helps to raise our son while I go out and work. I also take help to take care of my parents financially financially. And any kind of an answer out of them would have been really amazing. So I knew how to plan. But day after day, they just continued to blow me off. And I knew that other executives um, were receiving their bonus. And so for me, I'd love to sit here and say, you know, I kicked over in the office door was smoking guns and the man that he gave me a, my money um, and what I had coming to me. But honestly, I did none of those things. Um, I took it as a lesson learned and it is something that I now um, believe that what they actually gave me in the end was something priceless. You know, I have learned that you do your homework on people and don't chase the money. You go after respect. What I've learned is, You know, I have a strong personality and it takes a lot to get me to follow. Um, But after that experience, I was never the same uh, when I was on the candidate side. And that is wisdom that I basically still try to give to all of the candidates that I interact with. Even today, Uh, I feel like, you know, you need to believe in who is steering the ship or you should get off that boat. And, you know, that was my personal takeaway from that experience. But I honestly believe that uh, inequality in the workforce is a huge issue. And that is just one, I'm sure, small example as to many that happen all
0: the time. Yeah, but I think it's it's not a small example. It's a great example. You know, you run through a challenge that multiple people have probably faced in their career and didn't really know how to overcome it, what to do, you know, what to say, Right. Because there's a way to be able to react to that so that it's good for everybody. And so I think that your authenticity is really what makes, you know, that example something that's going to resonate with the listeners, you know, moving forward. So you've actually given a lot of value. You've given a lot of advice. You've talked about LinkedIn. You've talked about So many different things, um, including make sure that you believe in whoever is steering the helm. Is there another takeaway that you think would be important for supply chain professionals to take from this conversation or maybe even to just to think about in their career? I
1: think that it's important that people understand that when they're going through an interview process that they are looking for a win-win situation. So meaning like even if they're coming up, if the company isn't truly excited to have you on board and they don't also feel like they're winning in the deal, you should probably pass because in about a year, you're going to be right back out on the job market looking again. Um, I think a takeaway for me is like just don't chase a title or even the money. Take your time, do your research And like I said, you know, really believe in the leadership. I did not realize, honestly, uh, when I first started out at that company, how important and how critical leadership is. I loved my job and what I was doing for them. But when I realized that leadership and I were not aligned in our values and integrity, it wouldn't have mattered what they called me or what they paid me. I would not have been happy. Um, And so for me, I think it's really important to make sure that you guys understand it is critical to take your time and not just jump on the first opportunity presented, but really fill out and bet out that company and that leadership.
0: Great, great advice. And actually by the time this episode airs, um, if you go two weeks back to a blog, I actually just released a blog called Presentation Matters. And it talks about a few key points that Barbara Corcoran talks about on her podcast about interviews, you know, and how you should show up and present yourself and stuff like that. It's just kind of timely. But before we end this interview, I want to know about the future. What gets you excited? What's next for Michelle? What are you up to? Ooh, That's a great
1: question, Sarah. Uh, You know, only God knows uh, what lies ahead. But for me, I'm probably just going to stay the course. Um, I don't see myself leaving Suntac TTS NYC anytime soon. Like I had mentioned, we're doing really well. Uh, We've been able to add on 85 people. We're looking at opening up additional brand new locations in the near future. And um I think if I were to ever leave here it would probably just start my own uh logistics staffing agency. Um but until that moment gets here, I, I plan on staying here as long as they'll have me. <laughs>
0: Well, I love that. And I love your passion. So marketing your company as the employer to work for and looking to LinkedIn might be the two things you should look into and implement to combat this talent epidemic. We have heard so much and learned so much from Michelle today. If you would like to connect with her and learn more about her, learn more about this episode, go to letstalksupplychain.com forward slash season two dash episode 62. I hope you enjoyed this as much as I have and you had your pen and paper ready because I'm sure you had a lot to take away from this episode like I did. Thank you so much, Michelle, for coming on the show today. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it and I love what you're doing. I think it's amazing and it's great that we have a representation out there for the females in supply chain. If you liked this episode, please go to letstalksupplychain.com and take a look at my other podcasts in the Woman in Supply Chain series. And now the Woman in Supply Chain monthly blog post. You'll find that under the headings of podcasts and blog. Next week, our industry resident expert is back. Graham from Border Buddy is here to talk about tariffs. And what's the secret behind tariffs? Why do we need them? What do they do for us? Us and how do we stay on top of them. So if so, make sure to check out that episode when it comes out next week. If you haven't yet checked out the Trade Squad on YouTube for a fun debate of hot topics, make sure to subscribe to the, our YouTube channel called The SC. You will find that at the website or on YouTube. And plus, I am working on a brand new website to bring to you and I'm so excited. I cannot wait to show you all about it. So now to support the show, there's a few ways to do that. One is to rate and review the show. Um, If you go to iTunes or Stitcher, Google Play, make sure you do that so other people can find the show. And I also have a supply chain dictionary for sale at letstalksupplychain.com. It's 107 pages of definitions and acronyms. If you're new to the industry and need to look something up, make sure that you get this dictionary. It's under shop again at letstalksupplychain.com. And we are working, we are developing the beta for ships. I'm super excited. To make sure that you're one of the first people to know about it, go to ships s h i p z dot com. Fill in your information, and we will let you know once we are ready to launch. And lastly, follow us. Follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, now YouTube, so that you don't miss anything that is happening. On Mondays, a new episode is released. Tuesday, I do a recap of the week. Wednesday is listeners' corner with question of the week. Thursdays is usually blogs and Friday I am promoting the videos that will live on the YouTube channel, the SC Supply Chain TV. Thank you so much for all your love and support. Thank you for listening to the show. Have a great day and remember everybody, ship happens.